Hello, and welcome to the Equity Book Club podcast. Here at the Equity Book Club, we hope to encourage everyone to slow down, get smarter, and talk to each other. And what better way to do this than through reading a book every month and then discussing that reading experience with others. My name is Mark Hayes. I'm the facilitator for the original Equity Book Club, a virtual group of friends and associates who are just starting up with our reading and discussions. Our focus is always on books that address issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion, both in the past and in the present. This particular podcast is a mid-month musing, as we're calling it, and today we're speaking with Ethan H.D. of Destiny City Comics in Tacoma, one of the few black-owned comic shops in the country. Ethan H.D., which is the stage name and preferred moniker of Matt Nebaker, took over ownership of Destiny City Comics in late 2019 and has been doing his best to keep the business in operation even in the age of covid And yes, I said stage name, as Ethan H.D. is known in professional wrestling circles since 2005 as a uh, competitor in regional leagues like Elite Canadian Championship Wrestling and the West Coast Wrestling Connection. And he still wrestles to this day when he's not managing his comic shop. Now, before we get into our conversation, if you out there are listening and you'd like to start your own virtual or in-person equity book club, all you need to do is follow along on our website or Twitter feed or on the podcast. You can join the original club with me and everyone else, or you can form your own. Our website is equitybookclub.blogspot.com, and you can write directly to us at equity.book.club at gmail.com. And if you found this podcast, you'll know that we're available on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and so forth. Follow the podcast if you like, and feel free to leave us a review on iTunes. And now, my conversation with Ethan HD about Destiny City Comics. Ethan H.D., what exactly is your history with reading comics? Um, I basically started out probably around five or six. I think it was early grade school. I was kind of that time when, like, I feel as a kid, you kind of, like, are into a little bit of everything. And then, like, just kind of seeing, like, what, like, everything is new and amazing. Yep. And for me, like, comic books are one of those things that just automatically clicked like right from the get-go um i don't even know if i had a, specifically had like a favorite hero i remember getting a lot of Superboy, but <laughs> even now like as an adult like i don't particularly care so much for him now <laughs> uh, but yeah that was my big thing is like going to the grocery store and getting comics off the magazine rack and i was never one of those like you know i'm waiting every week or every two weeks for like the next issue it was always just like whatever, whatever was available and however many I could talk my mom into buying. That was the that was the goal. <laughs> now, this name you have, Ethan H.D., that's uh, that's a name you put, took up for professional wrestling. Could you talk about how you got into professional wrestling as well? Yeah, um, it's something I've been really just passionate about since grade school. Like all my buddies were into it and I wasn't, I guess, smart enough to know it wasn't wasn't cool at the time it was right before like the big boom in the 90s i guess so um but yeah just it's been like a lifelong passion and i just went to this uh wrestling show locally and it was me and a buddy of mine and we went to this guy who we knew they had a school and we went to the guy who runs the school and said hey uh how do how do we become professional wrestlers and he was like oh let's well, you know we have a little school i'll tell you all about it after the show and i was like oh sounds good and i remember we asked him like right before he walked off like is there anything we should we should do to prepare 
for this this training like we know it's it's gonna be hard and you have to be athletes like and he's like just make sure your your cardio's up and then we watched that guy wrestle in like a three-on-three tag in the main event that night mm-hmm. and gets so winded he puked under the ring <laughs> and at that point we were like i think our cardio's okay like you know we go to physical education class i think we'll, we'll be all right we can run a mile i think i think we'll be fine and then even weirder is then he, he was supposed to reach out to us to go to that school and just didn't just like never like just never called us back and so we ended up going to a different school somebody had told us about and it was like in this weird like sketchy warehouse kind of area like an industrial part of town and we like we assumed we were going to like a real building and so the guy who owned the school was like yeah just call me when you get to the address i'll let you guys in and we're like hey we're like in front of this uh like couple warehouses and storage units i think we have the wrong street and he's like no no you're in the right spot and yeah we just see this guy just pedaling up on a bicycle to like the the gate of this storage unit and just buzzed us in and inside one of the storage units there was a wrestling ring and <laughs> yeah from there we just uh i mean literally learned the ropes I guess of professional wrestling. I know I know people who are into comics are like really into like pop culture stories and of course in professional wrestling there's there's storytelling and there's characters. What's the connection for you between kind of this uh, interest in in stories and comics and and the kind of storytelling you do in professional wrestling? Is there any common ground there? I think there's a ton of common ground. A lot of what drew me to professional wrestling was the fact that everybody was like a real life superhero like you know, they had their costumes and they're like, you know, doing these superhuman feats of strength. And like, especially in the 90s, you would see guys like get put in like a coffin and set on fire and they'd be back the next week. And you're just like, these guys are like indestructible. But they were tangible. Like you could go and see them in person. And like, you, at least as far as I knew, like as a kid, I was like, they're like, they're real. Like Superman's like a cartoon. Like he's made up. But, like, The Undertaker or, like, Ted DiBiase, like, those are real guys. <laughs> and so I think, to me, that was the appeal. And it is. It's a lot of this kind of – it's getting people to to think about, like, social issues, to get people to understand, like, the dichotomy of good versus evil or a clash in ideologies without being so dry and boring. You know, you're able to kind of put things into layman's terms and – paint with broader strokes and mm. I have a little more creative liberty too. Um, but it's the same way like people got tricked into learning about social issues in the nineties, like watching the X-Men comics mm. or watching X-Men cartoons where like, you know, Magneto's like a Holocaust survivor. And then like you found like him and professor X kind of have this like MLK Malcolm X battle of ideologies. Like they both want the same thing, but you're not sitting there just having somebody explain that to you in like a very dry tone you're getting to see these like insane battles and things unfold and every x-men has their own opinion or their own feelings on things so i think in that sense there's like a a lot of parallels between like the comic books and professional wrestling so when you were performing um did you prefer to be the baby face or the heel um oh man that's a tough one i (laughs) I think ultimately nowadays I enjoy being the heel. I just I think a lot of it is having a better understanding of my character and my skill set as a performer. Mm. Um, the thing is when you're the bad guy, you're kind of calling the match. Like you're the one kind of dictating the pace. 
you know, like, okay, you know, um, I've been beating on my, my, my baby face for two minutes now. The crowd's coming down a little bit. Hey, I need you to start fighting back. I need you to kind of bring him up and give him a little bit of hope and, and create a little bit of excitement. So you're kind of dictating. So you're very, you have to be very aware of everything that's going on around you, the crowd, your opponent, all these things. When you're the baby face, it's a little more of like kind of a night off in a sense. Um, you just kind of have to sit there and listen and sell and and fight back when it's time to. Um, so I, I don't know. I enjoy both, but I think I would prefer being being the heel or being the villain. All right. So what's the story of Destiny City Comics and when do you come into the picture? How do you come into the picture? Uh, so Destiny City Comics had been around for almost five years. Um, or I guess it had been five years because I stepped in at the five-year mark because their lease was coming up. And the owner was talking about closing up the shop. Um, it was definitely one of those, like, it had been a good run, but it's a lot more work than it's making money. So it wasn't, like, bailing, but it's essentially like, like any like any independent business owner, you're working 80 hours for yourself versus working 40 hours for someone else. And that doesn't leave a lot of free time. And so I think it was just kind of burnout for this 80-hour week grind. And so he was looking at closing up the shop. And I, I, knew, I knew I needed to do something, or at least I guess I felt like I needed to do something. When he posted on Facebook they were closing, and I had just like maybe five or six people like that day reach out to me on social media and go like, hey, your comic shop's closing. Because I'm very known for if, I, if I'm a fan of something or passionate about something, you know, I'll, I'll post online about it. I'll tag it in tweets, things like that. And so people just knew that I had shopped there. And so I reached out to the owner and he kind of explained this situation. And I was like, well, what what would it take to step in and take over? And I mean, part of it was I just obviously it's a place to, that I like getting comics at. But it was also a place I like supporting because of everything they did for the community. You know, they were supportive of Pride Fest and they had, or Tacoma Pride, and they had like a booth there every year. Um, they had done, you know, charity work in the past as far as raising like uh, hygiene products and things like that for women. Mm-hmm. So it was something that I felt was an important part of the community and it would be a shame for it to go away and turn into like a super cuts or like a subway or whatever. Right. Right. And so, yeah, we were able to kind of work out a deal as far as being able to purchase the shop off of them. Um, he's even willing to pay an extra month on the lease so that there wasn't a month where the shop was closed that we we're able to have it. So the day his lease ended is the day ours started and we're able to just swoop right in and take over without the shop having to close for a day, which ultimately didn't matter because <laughs> then uh, the, the coronavirus pandemic hit and yeah. closed three months. But, right. but yeah, I was, just, I was just very lucky to be able to step in and kind of swoop in and save it. So you say your friends, uh, said your comic shop is closing what what about destiny city comics made it your comic shop you 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 seem to have an attachment to the business before even taking taking it over what was what was special about it for you um i guess i've been going there for two years and i know the first time i stopped in uh checking stuff out and and michael the guy who owned it at the time was asking like well you know like what are you like what kind of stuff are you into and made the suggestion for a series uh, it was, I think it was the, the Immortal Hulk. And so I picked that up at a couple other things. And I remember coming back like a month later to kind of stock up again and see if like what the next volume is. 
And yeah, he was just like, oh, hey, how did you like the Hulk? And without me prompting him or anything, and I was like, oh, you know, I loved it, and I appreciate this about it. And he's like, well, if you like that, you should check this out as well. And I made a couple other suggestions and was just very, very interested in making sure that I was getting things I was going to enjoy rather than just being like, oh, you should buy this because this is what's cool. And so I appreciated that. Or like a lot of times, too, if you stop into like a, like a smaller business, there are times where you're just kind of ignored or just stared at. Mm. And so I just appreciated like the overall vibe. And I never got that like, I need to stare at you because I think you're here to steal or like, you know, hey, hurry up and get your stuff and, and get out. Yeah. And so I think just that and then just all the community involvement made me feel good supporting a place, knowing that some of that money was was going back to supporting things that that I believe in anyways. And yeah, I just constantly would post about it every time I stopped in, you know, I'd recommend other people go there if they're into comics. So I think people just kind of knew something I was I was passionate about. So Destiny City Comics is listed on a number of websites now as a black owned comic shop. How do you think about these issues of representation in business ownership yourself? Um, it's, I don't know. I, I definitely appreciate being, I was joking with a friend about it one where I was like, I, I very much appreciate that, that people are taking an interest in black owned businesses. And I remember too, when I first saw the list of like black owned comic shops, and I think at the time they first posted, there was like nine of them. And I was like, that seems a little high, but okay. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. But, you know, and then they were in like St. Louis and Atlanta. And I was like, that make, it makes a little more sense. And then they reprise, uh, revised the list. And I think there was like 20 or 21. Mm-hmm. And it was way more than I thought, which I was thought was awesome. Um, and, but I definitely do appreciate that people, yeah, are taking interest in like Black-owned businesses and supporting them. I guess the one thing I, I do kind of wish is that and I know this sounds weird, but I feel like when people go like, well, I want to support like black business owners, mm. it it shouldn't be just because it's like the cool thing to do. Like there was this picture of a girl like uh, circulate online for a bit and it was her like helping put up like a Black Lives Matter poster. And then somebody showed like the video of her like seeing somebody else pu- putting it up and like jumping out of her car and like taking the selfie of her helping and then she like got back in her car and took off. Yeah. And I, I mean, either way I will happily take the money. (laughs) Sure. But I would definitely appreciate it more if it came from a genuine place of, you know, this is helping, helping ensure that black people not only have a place that they feel comfortable in, but also supporting the community versus being like, oh, I did this very cool, trendy thing. Like, I supported a Black-owned business just to tell people that you supported a Black-owned business. Right. Yeah. It's performative rather than sort of authentic. Exactly. And again, yeah. I, I fully understand the money. The money spends the same either way. <laughs> but doing it because it's cool is a very temporary thing versus yeah. going and checking one out and going like, wow, this is cool. You know, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't know was out there versus just going there to put on the performance of I, I, I'm I cool. I'm hip to this social thing. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things, of course, about sort of independent bookstores or comic shops or record shops, things like that, 
is that you you have someone running those businesses that are, that have this kind of like expertise and this real passion, uh, and the you know what's in the store is curated very thoughtfully. So what might what might people find at Destiny City Comics that they're not going to find elsewhere, or what what kinds of things would you recommend to people? What what do you, what are you really enthusiastic about? What would you point people to? Um, I think a couple of the the cooler things about the shop is as much as I'm a big fan of like new releases and getting like the latest Batman graphic novel, I'm also a big fan of finding authors who are maybe on the precipice of breaking out or finding a book that maybe didn't do so hot when it first came out, but now coming back around, like it's more culturally relevant, more socially relevant. You know, there's like a lot of graphic novels now that kind of touch on on you know issues like immigration things like race relations that maybe five years ago when they came out it was kind of whatever and now is like a really good time for people to go back and look at this and go like wow this this person knew what they were talking about uh the other thing i really i'm really proud of of the shop is we have an indie zine section and like a section for like local comic creators and so I always encourage local comic creators to like swing by the shop if you have stuff. Um, I'm always down to pick up a couple of copies of whatever zine or comic you're working on. Um, you know, obviously, as long as it's not anything super offensive or, or graphic or mm-hmm. full. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, because again, like that was one of the things that drew me to the shop is how community forward it was. You know, there's no other shop in the area that just carries local zines. And I think to lose that as like an outlet for independent artists and people who just like to create, I thought would have been a shame because it's not like I don't believe like another shop would just pick that up and go like, oh, Destiny City's not carrying zines anymore. Well, I guess it's time that we start doing it. Mm. So to me, that's the other thing I'm very, I'm very proud about is we're very, very supportive of independent authors, and especially like local creators. How has uh, the COVID, the age of COVID changed your business model? Oh, drastically. Um, I mean, if anything, I think it it helped in the sense that when when all this went down beforehand, obviously being a local business, 99% of your business are people who live within a few minutes of you. Mm. You know, it's very rare that somebody's going to travel, you know, 30 minutes out of their way to go to your shop if there's two more like it that are 5 minutes away. And so I think what helped a lot was relying more on online, really pushing the idea that we shipped. And there were a lot of like smaller towns that didn't have a local comic book store anymore because they had just closed down. And so we shipped a few things off to like Kokomo, Indiana, because the one shop in their town closed and wasn't offering mail services or anything like that. And so we ended up shipping stuff out to like Indiana, to Florida, uh, to parts of like Northern California, Oregon. Um, where else? Oklahoma, uh, Colorado, just, you know, kind of all across the U.S. Like, and it really broadened our our reach. And even now that we've reopened, there's a lot of those people that are still buying from the shop, especially towards like eastern Washington, um, like Yakima, the Tri-Cities. I would say at least once a week we ship something off to eastern Washington um, and then people from Oregon still buy things. And a lot of that is people just knew me because they see me perform in wrestling and mm-hmm. 
follow me on Facebook and Twitter inside a shop. And when I always wanted to be supportive, but you know, Hey, you know, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable going out to my shop or my shop's closed. And, you know, if you can scratch your itch and somebody else at the same time, it's a win-win. If you, if you want to support small business or you're a fan of a certain small business in your town or your neighborhood or even like your favorite Etsy store, find a way to support them. Even if it's just sharing their stuff, that helps. Um, you know, even if it's they're closed, if you can buy a gift card from them, do that. If you can do online orders, do that. If they're, if you don't know the way, email them and ask. You know, there's a lot of shops in Tacoma that were selling T-shirts through a local screen printing shop, and so it benefited both. You'd pre-order the shirts and they would print it. Uh, but the big thing is, if you don't support these businesses now, they're not going to be here on the other end of this pandemic. And big businesses love swooping in and finding a company that's going under and yeah. offering the landlord to pick up their lease right away. And so, you know, you're like, I was joking, you're like your favorite comic shop. If that goes under, that becomes like a subway restaurant. Like, you know, your favorite, um, like brewery can quickly become, you know, something else that isn't going to go away and isn't going to be as community forward. So, I mean, whatever, whatever you can do, if it's financially, that helps. If it's just boosting their signal of social media posts, that helps as well. But do what you can to support these small businesses to ensure that once things get back to whatever the new normal is, that they're still there and you're able to frequent them. All right. If people wanted to mask up and stop by the shop, where are you located? And if they wanted to order online, how do they get in touch with you? If you want to swing by the shop, please mask up. If for whatever reason you forget your mask, I do have a box of disposable ones. So don't feel like if you get to the door and don't have one, I'm not going to say, like, damn it, leave. Uh, we we'll, we have you literally covered. Um, but yeah, we're uh, 218 St. Helens Avenue. We're practically right across the street from the Tacoma Temple Theater right down the road from uh, Stadium High School, which is the high school they filmed 10 Things I Hate About You at. Um, it's cool. You always get a lot of touristy people taking photos of a high school, and you know, which is fine during the summer and creepy the other nine months of the year. Um, but that would be the best way to find us in person. Um, you can always find us online, uh, destinycitycomics.com. Uh, the best way to get a hold of me is to email me, ethanhd at destinycitycomics.com. Um, and then you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter. And those are both under Destiny City Comics as well. Um, so, you know, to to use the the modern uh, millennial proverb, uh, my DMs are open. So feel free to slide in. We'll put the information that Ethan HD mentioned in the podcast description if you're local and interested in stopping by Destiny City Comics in Tacoma, or if you're anywhere in the world and would like to place an order for some comics. If you're out there listening and you'd like to start your own virtual or in-person equity book club, all you need to do is follow along on our website, our Twitter feed, or on the podcast. You can join the original club with me and everyone else, or you can form your own. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you when I see you.